What up, homies? This is VTOL and Powers. What up? We are back in the podcast studio. Mike and Justin kicked us out last week. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Oh, no. We were... Um, they took over. Yeah, both of us <laughs> Both of us were sick, actually, dealing with some stuff from all your little kids' germs from VBS. Yeah, your kids got me sick. Me too. Man. I'm still dealing with it a week later. I got a little bit still, it's but still I'm kinda, a lot better now. Kind of up in my chest a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's been, but man, VBS powers. Do you want to dress up like Mario again? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of going, it's me and Mario. <laughs> How many times did those kids get you to say that? Oh, I probably said it at least 150 times over uh, the course of four or five days. Between that and for some reason, like, you got the it's a me and Mario, and for some reason, the children want to take their aggression out on me and so high fives become like a punch fest like they just want to hit my hand as hard as they can there was one kid his name was i'm not gonna say his name and he would come up and he would rub my hand and he would slap it (laughs) right after he'd rub it like as hard as he can he would come back from grandma's house with some cookies and just bam and hit my hand you remember those Sour Patch commercials? First they're sour, then they're sweet. Well, <laughs> that's kind of the way kids are. They're that sour is and sweet. That, that's the definition <laughs> of BBS. They, they show up and they're sweet at first, but then they get to know you and they're like, let me show you who I really am. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, man. BBS, it was a good time, though. Yes, it was, it was fantastic. I'm so thankful for all the people in our church that serve in that capacity that make not just VBS, but our children's ministry, what it is. Absolutely. With Rhonda and Angela and the countless volunteers. Like, I, Absolutely. I feel like three-quarters of our church has to volunteer in children's ministry because there's yeah. so many children that need to be ministered to. Well, I mean, shout out to Miss Rhonda. I mean, when you're running 90 to 100 kids, you got to have help. Yeah. You know, there's no way. I mean, dude, I can't even wrangle three. <laughs> <laughs> I only got three, and it's hard to wrangle those. You yeah, know, so. it's just really cool that we get to watch what the Lord's doing and Absolutely. and that ministry, and seeing how it's not only affecting the children's ministry; it's affecting all the rest of the ministries too. Absolutely. Like the yeah. adults that are showing up because their kids are being affected mm-hmm. is just really cool to to see. Um, but anyway, we'll hop into this week's topic. That was yeah. a good bit of ranting. I'm glad we're back. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. But this past Sunday. We went through the Lord's Supper. We took it together as a church body, and what a wonderful thing yes. to to be able to do as as a faithful family together. Yeah, you know. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just I, lo- I love Communion Sunday. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a it's a completely different feeling than any like a regular Sunday. Yeah, I, love I, have, it. I think we bring a reverence to the Lord's Supper that we may not bring every Sunday. Yeah. So we went through the Lord's Supper. Mike went through First Corinthians eleven a little bit. And so me and Powers are here to bring a little breakdown of that passage. What What is Paul saying in 1 Corinthians? How does this practically apply? What is it? Why do we do it? All these different things. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I want to ask to talk about in the Lord's Supper, what's the purpose of communion? Why? Why do we take communion? You want me to go first? Yeah, you go. I think uh, there's... There's a several several things. I mean, it was instituted by Christ and commanded us to do it. I think it's uh, something that we as believers do um, for the edification of the church to remind ourselves. Jesus says, do this uh, in rem- remembrance of me. Um, and so we, we do this uh, in obedience. We, we, take, we partake of communion to remind ourselves of our sin bearer, the one who has taken on our sin 
on our uh, on our behalf, who's paid our debt, our sin debt, and uh, it's 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 really a, a time of celebrating who God is for us and what He's done for us through His Son. You know, I think when you word it like that, it's like I think about trophies a little bit. How you, you if you win a trophy and you kind of put it on the shelf and you come back to that shelf, you remember the past victory mm-hmm. that you had. That's kind of a that that's the base level, of course, for like we've been having these conversations outside of this. We cannot come to the table and just spout off all this information. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. So the the base level for communion is remembering what Christ has done. Absolutely. The, the base level, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. And so when I think about that, communion reminds us of not a loss, but a victory mm-hmm. in Christ. And I think that's a really cool thing. That is cool. <clears throat> and so just kind of thinking about why we do it, um, the, the next kind of question that I want to segue into it is who sets the table? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the Lord's table. Yeah. So He's the one who sets it. You know, I think we were talking about this the other day. Like, He defines what the table is. He, he de- he, he's the one who says who can come to the table. Um, and what I mean by that is, it's it, the table is for those who are Christians. Um, the 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 table. Uh, if if we don't know Christ, if we haven't received Him in faith and surrendered to Him, why would we come to the table to partake in something that is reminding us of what Christ has done for us? Because it's all done through faith. Mm-hmm. And so if you have not faith in the Lord, the table's meaningless to you. It doesn't, it, it, it's not a celebration. It's not a reminder of victory. Um, I think that, uh, so the Lord's the setter of the table, and the Lord is the one who has given the qualifications of those by which they can come. Mm-hmm. So just kind of thinking through this a little bit, Last night, I went to a Bible study with some guys, and we were talking through, we're going through the book of John, and we were just talking about the first couple of chapters. Yeah. And in that, Jesus is at a party, and the wine runs out. Oh. And, yeah, and <laughs> our Baptist brothers would say, Good deal. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just joking. <laughs> and so, uh, the, Mary, his mom, comes up, and he's like, and she says, Hey, we're out of wine. And yeah. Jesus is like, Woman, mm-hmm. what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> He's like, why are you coming to me? It's about not this? my time. Yeah, Th- that's the that's the kind of key part of that is he says it's not my time, and when I think about that, how he's saying it's not my time, it's this this wedding celebration that they're coming to Jesus, like, hey, Jesus, fix it. It's not my time. Jesus' time has come, and now he's inviting us to his table mm. to take part in his celebration. Yeah, to take part in his feast. Um, or the think, wine never runs out, and the yeah. bread is never stale. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't it doesn't rot and decay. Yeah, like know? one day when we get to heaven, there's going to be the the great wedding feast, mm-hmm. right? And so this is like a taste, yeah, of it, like just a small little picture, yeah, of what heaven's going to be like. Yeah, taking good. part in the work of Jesus that He finished, mm-hmm. and I, I just thought that was a really cool like combination of looking back to see like, hey, this is not my time, but it's pointing towards something and we see how he institutes his time in the Lord's Supper yeah, comparative cool. um, to that then. So uh, just thinking about kind of who sets the table, um, I think a lot of the time we can come to the table. We can come to the, the 
the Lord's Supper on a Sunday or Wednesday or whenever we do it, and we think that it's on our terms. Mm. You know, like we can come, we can come, like this Sunday we show up and, all right, I'm just, I'm here and I'll get the juice, I'll take the cracker or whatever you want to call it and drink it, eat it, we're good. Or we can just, however you want to fill that in. I think the reason that we say that God sets the table is because who sets the table sets the terms. Mm -hmm. So God sets the terms for the dinner, meaning he dictates how we approach it. Absolutely, yeah. If we were to go to a five-star restaurant, I'm not showing up in Lulu shorts and a T-shirt. You know what I mean? (laughs) Lulu shorts. Yeah. I'm not showing up in some athletic shorts and tennis shoes and a t-shirt to sit down and eat at a five-star restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There there are rules to approach the table to be able to sit down and dine. And that's why God sets the table, because he has something set up for us to be able to come. Yeah. And so we look at this passage in 1 Corinthians 11 where Paul is talking to these people in Corinth. And these people were goofy. Yeah. Like uh, they the, were, Corinthian, the Corinthian church was jacked up. Does this not sound like a Baptist potluck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, you know, you got to think there weren't buildings that they were meeting in. There weren't like churches that they had at this time. Like they were meeting in homes. They were meeting, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they were having big gatherings outside. I, yeah. I, I really don't know. But, um, but yeah, it really is like a potluck. It, it really is like, hey, we're gonna come to this table and we're gonna feast together. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so you just you just think about. A, about this this passage and what Paul is saying, and it's so funny because you can see it and like just the Baptist point of view. Like we make jokes about Baptists, we are Baptists, so yeah. we can do that. <laughs> it's like when you're in the family, you can make jokes about that's the family, right. but somebody outside of the family can't do it. That's right. That's um, right. We'll beat you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so these people were having these things where they were trying to have the Lord's Supper. They were attempting to, but they were doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So. People who were more well-off, Mike touched this Sunday, people who were more well-off would bring food where the poor people couldn't. Mm-hmm. And they were basically like, you only brought cups, you ain't eating? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Were, there was, or you didn't, you didn't bring anything or you hardly brought anything, so that dictates how much you're going to eat. Yeah. And the Lord's Supper, it had nothing to do with that. And so Paul in this passage is kind of addressing like, hey, Eat your meal at home. Mm-hmm. Get full at home. He was saying that people were going and getting drunk when they were taking the Lord's Supper. Yeah, or they were showing up drunk. Yeah, you know, in 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 not in their right mind too. I think there's a I think there's some interpretation <coughs> more than that that they're showing up drunk. They're showing up with uh, irreverence to what this table of the Lord really signifies and what it means for us as believers. Yeah. So, like as we're talking about God setting the table. We don't show up and say like, "Hey, you you can't you you're not bringing anything you can't take." That's why he's talking to these people um, because this is a ceremonial thing. Mm-hmm. It was a meal to sit down to remember the faithfulness of the Lord. That's right. And how are you? How are we to shun people away from remembering what God's done? Yes, there are conditions and parameters for us to come. Yes, but it has nothing to do with the physical. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it doesn't matter if I'm bringing my own cup to get the Welch's grape juice. Yeah, it, it, it's not a the the table of the Lord is not a respecter of persons. So, yeah. like, what I mean by that is God shows no partiality, right? Like, you can those who are whatever ethnic background you are, whatever socioeconomic status you are, whatever democrat demographic that you find yourself in, or where, where no matter where you live, if you are Christ's, 
you have a seat at the table. I think about Mephibosheth. He was crippled in both feet, right? Like, but he had a seat at the king at King David's table yeah. as one of his own sons. And uh, that's a that's a that's a cool little picture there of the fact that those who are in Christ, who are a, the king's son, can come to the table. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I brought up this John one and two. This this idea just kind of stuck in my head. Come and see. Mm -hmm. For the Lord's Supper, it's the same thing. Come and taste. Come and see what the Lord has done. I, of course, they've got to have this knowledge and understanding of, okay, the fact Jesus died on the cross, His blood spilled out. Yeah, they got to be Christian. Yeah. Absolutely. But Absolutely. It's a discipleship thing hmm. to do the Lord's Supper. Yeah, it points us to something. Like we talk about it whenever we do it upstairs. Parents, explain to your children what this is as Absolutely. we take. Yeah. And we are discipling the church as we take the Lord's Supper to remember who Jesus is, to remember what He's done, to remember that our justification is not our own. That's right. That His blood has accomplished that, not ours. Um, and we we take this with this joyful remembrance, reverence, and awe yeah. of who He is. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think as we do that, it helps us to kind of usher in this thought process in our lives to to remember the gospel. Yeah. Like we say preach the gospel to ourselves just because it's like this slang term now, like, hey, preach the gospel to yourself daily. Yeah. Okay, what does that even mean? Well, when we take the Lord's Supper, that's exactly what it means. We're preaching the gospel. Yeah. We're, we're reminding ourselves of His promises and that they are ours because we are in Christ. Yeah, and so I think this helps us kind of segue to the second question of what even is the Lord's Supper? Like, where did it come from? What does it stand for? All of these different things. And really, it says it, in the Gospels, where Jesus is talking about it's the institution of the new covenant. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, whenever he says, take of the wine of the drink, because it's the blood of my covenant. He's issuing, he's instituting the new covenant yeah. of what he has done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an earthly encounter with the heavenly Christ, is what mm -hmm. some of the Puritans would say. And I think, talking about covenants, I think, you know, we were talking about this right before we started recording, um, but... In the Old Testament, um, in the Old Covenant, you have, and it talks about, there's two instances that, um, and this isn't coming from me, this is coming from a guy named James White. He's part of Apologia Church. Love James White um, and what Apologia Church is doing out in Tempe, Arizona. But um, he was talking about how there's there's basically two, when Jesus says, remember me, yeah. do this in remembrance of me. I forget the Greek term for it, but there's two instances where that word remembrance is used the way it is when Jesus says it. One is the when Jesus says it, and then if you go to Hebrews, um, it talks about how the old uh, covenant had these sacrifices and how every year at Yom Kippur, they would have to come and do these sacrifices over and over and over again. And it said that it was a remembrance of their sin, which I think is very interesting. So the high priest would have to go in and make atonement, right? And when he did this, he'd sprinkle the blood, but he would see the blood from last year. It'd be crusty and nasty, and I can imagine like probably sound like Rice Krispies and milk as he walked across oh, it, like crunching, you know. No. <laughs> but just to give you guys at home some imagery and whatever. <laughs> but anyway, like he's sprinkling the new blood on there, but he's seeing the old blood from last year. It's reminding him that they're sinful. Mm -hmm. So, whereas in the old covenant, the remembrance that Hebrews is talking about is the remembrance of sin. And it's pointing to one who will one day come and take away all sin, right? Yeah. 
Now we're the we're in the new covenant. We're looking back at what Christ has done and remembering not our sin. We're remembering our sin bearer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a beautiful picture talking about the covenant. Like what is the new covenant? It's that Christ's blood was shed on our behalf. And, and Hebrews talks about how the the, bulls, uh, the the blood of bulls and rams and whatever didn't never could take away sin. But Christ perfects those yeah. who come under His blood, yes. right? Yes, yes, and yes. so it's a once for all sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just love, I love that because you've got both covenants there saying, remember, one saying, remember your sins. And this new covenant that Jesus instituted saying, remember me, your sin bearer. Yeah. I think that's good. So you got the, the remember, remember your sins and remember your sin bearer. That's kind of the, the first step in the Lord's Supper of what it is, what we do, how we take it. So remember, remember Christ's body. The, like whenever I'm taking the Lord's Supper and I'm, and I'm remembering, I kind of imagine Jesus, his life, how he lived sinlessly and all the things that he endured. And that's how I kind of think of his body, how the thing represents his body. The fact that God took on flesh and he perfected how he fulfilled all of the things that we never could, mm -hmm. and his body was beaten and broken on a cross. And then remembering my sin, like, oh man, Jesus died for that sin. That's why he was nailed to the cross. And then I think about, again, his blood. I remember his blood and the fact that it covers me. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how they used to do it, the, the blood, the old blood would be there. Yeah. Like, blood doesn't just wash away real easy once mm -hmm. it dries, mm -hmm. right? And so when we're covered by the blood of Jesus, it's it's not something that's washed away, hmm. right? It's In fact, it covers everything else. That's right. And so our, we remember who Jesus is, what he's done, and we remember that we're sinners. And so I kind of think like the next step is that reflection. Like I guess that's kind of part of the same thing, reflecting on, man, like how deep of a sinner I am. Mm -hmm. I, th this is just me walking through my process Whenever I take the Lord's Supper, I reflect of just how often, how much I sin. Yeah. I Lord's Supper Sundays or whenever we take it, a lot of the time it just slaps me in the face because there's times that I'm just not dealing with the sin in my life. Yeah. And I'm just kind of going through the motions and so I sit down and I know I can't take the Lord's Supper without dealing with it. Yeah. And so I just have a moment sitting in the pew just like, God, forgive me. I've I've just been so terrible and sinned against you time and time and time again. And I just think about the pain that Jesus endured and how he took God's wrath for me. Yeah. And I think about am I trying to in my mind, I like just again walking through the process, am I wasting what Christ has done? Hmm. And again, Christ's blood is never wasted. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's just that kind of reflection and reminder of who he is. And then again, then the last point that I kind of get to is repentance. Mm -hmm. I, like at the end of it, before I take, you always sing that song, there is a fountain filled with blood. I, it just, it, I don't know if it's the key or whatever. It just kind of gets me in the, this like solemn, like remembrance and all mm -hmm. this stuff. And so I'm listening to that song and hearing of what Jesus did and the fact that his blood covers me, I'm just, Jesus, forgive me. Yeah. Lord, forgive me. I turn from my sin. I, mm -hmm. I, I look to my Savior. God, I'm tired of running down the hill. I'm, I'm ready to get to you. I'm, I want to do life with you. Because when we're living in sin, 
I mentioned this last night. When we're living in sin, when we're outside of the will of God, we're doing life on our own. Hmm. Yeah. And when you repent and you turn and you restore relationship with God in that way, you're not doing life on your own anymore. Mm-hmm. So when you're unrepentant, you're you're under your own power and you're dealing with your own consequences and you're doing it on. Now, I'm not saying that God just is like done, like, hey, you're out of here. But yeah. I am saying that we make life a lot harder on ourselves when we're unrepentant. And so oh, when absolutely. we take the Lord's Supper, it's restoring relationship. Yes. Right? Yes. And I think, you know, more than just it's a, an act of remembrance, it's a work of sanctification in our life. Yeah. Like... You know, if we only have this view of the Lord's Supper as, well, I'm just going to remember what Christ has done, and we should. We should remember what Christ has done. But if we have this view of, I'm only going to remember what He's done, and we don't view it as this, this, this work of the Holy Spirit in our life unto our sanctification, which sanctification just means that we're being, we're being made more into the image of Jesus. We, yeah. we look more like Him in the way we think, in the way we live our life. We follow the law of God like... We, we are being sanctified um, and set apart in this world. If, if we look at communion as just only cold remembrance mm. and not sanctification through the work of the Holy Spirit, um, then I think that communion can, can be a dry ritualistic act. Yeah. But like you were saying, though, you know, when, you, when we partake, you know, I do that too. Like I, I, I reflect over the things in my life. Uh, I reflect over my sin, um, and then I remind myself of my sin bearer, and I come to the table with joy and with gladness and with thankfulness and heart because of what He's done on my behalf. It's 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 molding me. It's 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 kind of like the idea in the Old Testament. They talk about where you know heating up metal and the dross and things like it's like it's like this process that's going on where they're heating the lord is heating us up he's removing things in us and and the table coming to the table facilitates that yeah um and so i think it, i think it's very 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 important that we think of coming to the table in terms of also this is for my good and for my sanctification as a believer you know as we talk about this it kind of makes me think about the question just to challenge myself and i want to challenge the listeners too um, does the way I live reflect a reverence or remembrance on what Christ has done? Mm-hmm. Right. I think when we come to take the Lord's Supper, it helps us to evaluate these things. And so mm-hmm. I ask the question, does the way I live reflect a reverence or remembrance on what Christ has done? Because if I'm only thinking about what where my feet are and I'm not thinking about having a heavenly perspective on things, I'm really probably not remembering Jesus, mm-hmm. right? How, how am I showing the world that I'm dedicated to the gospel? Yeah. How am I showing the world that Jesus is my king? Do I serve the president of the United States or do I serve Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Who is my king? Who is ruling over me? Who am I following after? And am I showing the world who he is and what he's done and what I do mm-hmm. in, in the way that I live? And I just think that when we take the Lord's Supper, it challenges me and I think just kind of practically it, it should challenge all of us Absolutely. to think about that. Yes, I think that. And so the question comes into play because the Scripture never gives us a mandate on how often we should do it. Like I, I can't find a verse and some, somebody may be able to come to me and say, no, you can, but how often you should do it. It just yeah. says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Um, but if what you're describing takes place in your heart, and in my heart, when we take communion, 
And it's a work of sanctification. It's a work of the Spirit in our life as we partake. Would, would, we, would we not think that we should do this as often as we can? Yeah. You know, like I said, there's no, there's no uh, mandate. In screen. We got somebody outside talking. I <laughs> don't know if you can hear them. But uh, it, it gives a mandate. Uh, it doesn't give a mandate on how often. But if, this, if that's what takes place in our heart when we take communion, why wouldn't we partake more than maybe the typical Baptist church does? You know, yeah. I wasn't planning on going there, but like, I just, I just wonder, is it worth doing more than three or four times a year? Yeah. And I think it's, I don't think it's sinful not to do it necessarily more than three or four times a year. But if what we are describing takes place in our heart and our minds as we partake, man, I think that it's, it's a, it's one of the greatest works of sanctification in our hearts. Yeah. Do, do you have to take the Lord's Supper only at church? Uh, you know, that is a question that I am not sure of. I would think that you do it communally. Um, so I would think that by the way it's done, um, maybe, maybe not. Could you say, I, I like know not, that maybe was just not, an off the wall Maybe question. not in the church house per se. Like it doesn't have to happen in the church house. So my question I want to kind of add on top of that is like, can you do it with your family? Uh... And like know. as a dad at home, is it not a communal thing with your family to sit down with your wife and kids and take the Lord's Supper together? I, I don't know. Because I know that it's the importance of the body of Christ doing it together. Mm. I know it. it but so I, that's a question that I can't answer right now. I yeah. don't know. That's a good question. I think just, that's something that we can all kind of think about. But Absolutely. I really, I, I think that people do. I Like whenever COVID was happening, we were all taking it at home with our family. So, um I know COVID doesn't dictate our faith. But, yeah. uh, I, think, I think that that's a good question for us to all kind of think about. I have one more question, one more thought for us to think about before yeah. we finish up because I think we're getting close to... I have no time. idea. I know. That the, so anyway... I should have said a time. In, in the Old Testament, the Passover was a meal. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, we have the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. It's a meal. Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence that these remembrance of God's covenants happen over a meal because meals represent something. Mm-hmm. You're coming to the table. You're you. It represents community. It represents family. It represents friendship. intimacy, friendships, hospitality, yeah. slowing down, yeah. like all of these different things. And so I think whenever it's like instituted as a meal, it's a challenge for us to slow down. Yeah. And it, we call it communion. Like have community with God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. To, when you have community, like whenever I have community with you, when we hang out or something, I remember, I think back, I, I reflect on things that we've talked about or done before mm-hmm. in, in some kind of capacity. That's typically what happens when friends hang out. They talk about memories, <clears throat> right? Yeah. They, they bring up old stories and they laugh at it or whatever it may be. So for us, when I th- or just a point I want to make is the fact that this is a another thing over a meal and we have a seat at the table. It's a call. It's a encouragement to have community with God. Yeah. And community with one another. Yeah. Like I think that doing the Lord, and this is why I say, I'm not sure if we should do it only in our homes (coughs) versus together with the church, because um, one of the things that takes place in a believer when we receive the Lord's supper um, is that it also bonds the mutual love one for another. Like, 
we're coming to the table together as the family of God. Yeah. And we're dining, we're communing, we're fellowshipping, we're remembering. We are doing all that you just described when you have a dinner, you know, reminiscing and, and fellowshipping. Mm -hmm. And so it builds up the church. It builds us up in love and in faith. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, uh, I think you're right on with what you're describing there. Um, and as, as believers, it builds up our mutual love for one another. So it not only happens vertically with the Lord, yeah. but it also happens horizontally with one another. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, I think a lot of the times that we can individualize communion you know, um, and forget the, the horizontal aspect of it too. Like yeah. this is, it is between me and the Lord, but it's also between us and the Lord. Us as the people of God and the Lord as we do it together. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it makes me kind of think about a little bit, and this is an illustration that could fall apart. Somebody could just completely demolish it if they wanted to. Um, but we, we feed football teams before they go and play a game. Mm -hmm. it, we feed I them. I love them leftovers. They have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in case y'all want to go cook for a football team right now, <laughs> in case y'all don't know, Powers is the leftover king. Oh so yeah, man. he feeds his family for a month off of leftovers. Well, there's five of us, man, and I'll eat leftovers for four oh, days man. after they're in the fridge. Five but days. we feed this football team, and they slow down for a moment. They they enjoy one another. They have conversation. They think yeah. about the game plan to come up. They have this meal, this moment, and then after they the meal, they go and play the game. Mm -hmm. They put everything they've been preparing for into action. Mm -hmm. What if the Lord's Supper was like that? Where it's a moment for the body to come together to re remember who Christ is, what He's done, all that He's done for us and instilled in us. Yeah. Take a moment to slow down, re repent, reflect, all these things. And then we go forth and we be the church. Mm -hmm. We play the game. We run the race. Yeah, like, I think that's... A good way to put that. I, I think I think that's good because I think you know you know our faith is confirmed when we take the Lord's Supper yeah. as believers. You know, so like it's like your buddies. You know, you sitting down like you're describing the football team. They're sitting down with a meal, talking about their game plan. You know, like they're confirming what they've learned, what they yeah. know. You know, we we confirm what we know when we come to the table of the Lord, um, and we what we receive by hand, the bread and the juice. You know, we're also spiritually receiving nourishment from Christ. Mm -hmm. He is the bread of life. You yeah. know, he says in John, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. Now, we in no way believe like what the Catholic Church believes on that, right? Yeah, like man. transubstantiation. I ain't no vampire. We don't, <laughs> we don't believe that. But, um, but I, I think it, it binds the faithful, those who are in Christ, to be loyal and grateful to God. Kind of like what you're saying, like we're coming together. We're binding ourselves. We're remembering the game plan. We're remembering what Christ has done for us, or with the football analogy, what Coach has taught us, what we've learned. Yeah. And now we're going to go to the world and proclaim it. We're mm -hmm. going to proclaim Christ's death until He comes. Yeah, you know. Um, so I think all of that takes place and makes communion one of the most intimate settings to have as the body of Christ together, but also individually with the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, cool. This has been a really good conversation. It has been. I think we could have talked for another hour, however long this was. I yeah. Still, but I think I think if we could give you one thing, what Powers just said, go and proclaim Christ to the nations. Absolutely. That, that's what yeah. we take out of the Lord's Supper. Go and proclaim Christ. Um, so yeah, 
thanks you guys for listening to us this week and mm-hmm. if you if you've enjoyed this podcast leave us a review yeah give um, us a like or thumbs up or whatever yeah, it is share know? on facebook or wherever yeah. you are on social media we post it on the student ministries instagram and on our church's facebook share it with your friends anybody who may need to hear it we thank you guys for listening we can't wait to see you sunday peace holla